0: Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, the weekly survey of news in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com, and we're taking a look at this week's top stories. So Matt, I do have a problem. I have all these Facebook friends, not really because I went off Facebook because I had no friends, but I do go on to Twitter. And I find myself after a while feeling very lonely online.
1: I agree. I Like you, I didn't know that you got off Facebook, well so did I. I quit it some time ago. You know, one of the things I found about Facebook, and it's a tremendous platform for communications, for staying in touch with friends you may not see all the time, but it's all about me. Facebook is all about what I'm doing isn't this great? And I'll tell you, if you spend a uh, half an hour on Facebook and you don't feel inadequate, I'm not sure you're using Facebook all that much. Social media is a tremendous tool, but I do think it has something to do with paradoxically joining people, but making those people feel somehow disconnected. Maybe it reinforces the connection we wish we had with them.
0: And I think there is that idealization because a number of people have told me that they've left Facebook because they felt they could not be as perfect as The others they saw on it were presenting themselves to be with the perfect outfit, the perfect car, the perfect spouse, the perfect child, the perfect pet.
1: Or even the perfect breakfast.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so, as you said, there is a paradox there that a tool that was intended to connect us has driven us apart in some respects, although there's a lot of controversy over the research. Some research is suggesting it promotes isolation and others are saying, wait, don't be so quick to extrapolate that research across all demographics. And there's also a question of what's perceived and what's actual. And it kind of parallels what you see with people's perception of crime. You know, news reports would lead you to believe that the world is just absolutely sliding into utter chaos and In many areas of the world, or I should say in several areas of the world, the United States being one of them, the statistics actually show a decrease in violent
1: crime. Yeah, you were influenced by the media that we're consuming. All for the good. I mean, we want to be informed. But, you know, the axiom that if it bleeds, it leads. Well, there's a tragedy. You're going to hear about it in the media, in the news. The whole thing with communications, we are in a communications age. You know, we are better informed probably than any previous generation. But I don't think we're any better connected. It's interesting. I've been in this business of Catholic media for more than 20 years. And one of the things I've always noticed as an editor, my job is to receive, the articles and pieces that various writers are writing, and they almost always are not writing in conjunction with one another. So just the other day, I was doing my editing job, reading columns and pieces from various writers from various parts of the country, and several of them, independently of one another, kept hitting on this theme of loneliness. And so I got to thinking about loneliness in a time of mass communication, how well connected we are, but how seemingly existentially lonely we appear to be.
0: What were some of the thoughts that these columnists were bringing forth?
1: Well, one of the things that they brought forth was that in previous generations, maybe before my time, especially children of the Great Depression, these folks grew up having to rely on one another. And I think a lot of times in our culture, we don't need to rely on one another. We can rely on our own resources. We can learn anything we want to learn by going onto YouTube and watching a video on it instead of asking your neighbor or asking a family member, how do you fix this? How do you make that? So there's a lot of uh, disconnectedness with one another. I I know even in a lot of neighborhoods now, people get out of the car, walk up the steps, into the door, close the door, don't see the neighbors, maybe a few times a year or only occasionally. So one of the things that these columns that I was reading on Catholic Philly, and they're posted now in our commentary section, is that loneliness is not just a problem of one demographic or one generation. It crosses the generations. So elderly people really do long for folks to share their thoughts and their feelings with, but they're not connected with a very, very busy culture around them. You know, younger people are really busy, working harder than ever, involved with many activities, and they don't often, myself included, we don't take the time we need to to spend with older people, to talk with them, learn from them, and share our lives with them.
0: And one of the things that advertisers and various manufacturers have done is try to segment demographics. So right now in an advertising agency, rather than saying adults 18 to 35, it's going to be adults of 18 to 25. And we want this race and we want this socioeconomic status. I mean, it's very, very, very targeted. And so our economy has kind of driven us into these ever smaller and more isolated pools, if you will.
1: Yeah. And the economic considerations are reinforced by communications through media. You know, they go hand in glove. Marketing, communications, all driving the bottom line. If we can exploit this demographic segment, we can boost the quarterly profit line. Whatever these considerations are, I think the implications are that we need a higher horizon. On the one hand, we need a more human horizon. I think there's an instinctive human hunger for relationships, for connection with one another.
0: Absolutely. And I I had just done some research on the selfie and I was very pleased to find that there is a lot of social psychological research on what's driving the selfie phenomenon which in 2014 there were, by one Google executive's admission, 93 million selfies uploaded per day. Now, you could look at that as a whole lot of narcissism or a whole lot of need. And as it turns out, it's really need. It's a need for validation and connection with the other.
1: A lot of those photos are, look at me and my friend at this monument or next to this green tree or isn't it a beautiful day? I want to share something of my life with you exactly. via this platform. Exactly. So there's this human horizon, then there's a, a higher horizon, and it's a horizon to which the Feast of the Ascension, which we celebrate on Thursday, points us to. So Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he has gone to prepare a place for us, as the gospel says. And that is our horizon. That is the Lord we look to at the end of this life, to joining forever in heaven. So if we, whatever our problems and whatever our joys are today, they will all be fulfilled with 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 that divine life that we hope to share with him.
0: Well, I think what's interesting, the column that you're referencing, which was written by Father Thomas Daly, also makes note of a point that Bishop Robert Barron made, which is that this division between earth and heaven, flesh and spirit, really is an inheritance from Greek philosophical thought and not from the Jewish worldview, which saw these realities as interwoven. And, you know, in Father Daly's column, the line at the end where he says, you know, when the angels say to the apostles, why are you looking up? Get on with it. The call to action there is this is not the separation that you think it is, that earth and heaven have been wedded and you need to operate in that new reality, which is more integrated.
1: As we believe that our Lord is in heaven looking down upon us, he's with us everywhere and always now. So he has ascended into heaven, but by the gift of the Holy Spirit, God lives within each of us. And there's our connection with one another. Exactly. There's our connection on the human scale and on the divine so that we not only are individuals in this culture and this time and place, but we are brothers and sisters here and we are united in our Lord who has gone ahead of us and who leads us in our daily lives and calls us at the end of our days to be with him.
0: And that actually resolves what's one of the tensions in that whole selfie phenomenon that I mentioned a moment or two ago is that when you're posting those pictures up there looking for that validation that okay, that approval from that other is coming from someone who is as broken as you are because that's the human condition. The only way that gets resolved is when you find your identity in Christ. And when you have that fulfillment and that correct view of where does my source of identity and provision come from, it is from the Lord, then you're able to interact with the other and that wound is healed.
1: Yes, it is. In fact, that's a very powerful healing ministry of the church. And it's interesting that maybe that initial point of contact is coming in a new way from social media that wouldn't have been foreseen 20 years ago.
0: Well, it actually highlights the need. If anything else, it highlights the need and it shows how our approach to meeting that need can have some value. It's not that social media is without value, Mm -hmm. but at the same time that there is a bankruptcy in it or an insufficiency in it. There's
1: an insufficiency. I think it's a starting point. It's not the end point.
0: Exactly. So we can't completely rely on ourselves here. And I think that both the columns that you're referencing, which would be Father Thomas Daly's column, and then one by Moises Sandoval, who has written quite eloquently from his own experiences growing up in the Depression,
1: Yes, and and writing about his family and how they had a need for connections, and they made those connections, and they fostered relationships in the community, among their families. And there are lessons that remain with him today as an older gentleman, but this is a wisdom that he has to pass on to younger readers from anywhere. He's from the New Mexico area, so isn't it interesting that we can learn from the wisdom of this man from across the country, even here in the Philadelphia region?
0: That shows that this social media is not without value. There is connection, but it needs to be rightly ordered, So Correct. Great. Thanks, Matt. And for more on these and other stories in local, national, and world news, as well as features on sports and culture, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. This podcast has been a production of catholicphilly.com, music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Funding for CatholicPhilly.com comes from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and from readers and listeners like you. Support excellence in Catholic journalism. Visit CatholicPhilly.com and click on Make a Donation.